It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second 
annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, JankyTown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect. Asiento is for 30 to 40-somethings who just want a quick bite to eat with a snazzy cocktail on the side. Or who listens to, like, early 2000s, like, electronic... Uh, Remember they were playing mumbo, some weird, jumbo. Well, it was like some weird electronic like music that Is you it like heard acid like acid jazz or no it was what more like elevator elevator music that's it <laughs> you nailed it right on the head but like but like with the DJ touch I guess I don't know it was weird and I, we felt so out of place we, but we tried to make but it the, work the waitress was really nice yes so, I mean the bartender people were friendly and uh, their drinks are really good from what I remember I think I had a Bloody Mary or. Yeah. And then I had like something with gin or margarita or something. I know, we were pretty drunk. <laughs> but it's so close to the station. It's only like a block away. Yeah. And they've been a So even though we should talked, go there and uh, enjoy the drinks. And maybe don't go there on a Saturday night, but go there on, like on a Tuesday night. Go for happy hour during the week. Yeah. <laughs> After work, get After your job. Yeah, get your drink on. Um, go to excuse. Go to the elbow room. Yes, please go to the elbow room. Actually, they're closing it down for sure. They're moving it. They're moving it. Yeah. Where did they say they were moving it? I forgot. Dude, I don't know. I my guess is like Polk. Polk Street. That's true. Because that's like Bar Central over there. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least it's close, cl- uh, closer for me to get to. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope it finds a place in the city. I mean. God knows it's not the easiest thing to do in the world, but the rent. But um, that's probably my favorite bar in the Mission, and I haven't even been to all the bars in the Mission. I know. Um, and all of us, all of the, a lot of the bars shut down before you even get to try them. So, oh my God, <laughs> this is how it goes. Keep it local, so the people. Crumbles. Do it. Hmm. What have you been up to in like God. a year? Everything and their mother. <laughs> 
Last time we were here, it was 2016, and we were over it. We were done. We were done. Um, And I think we did a show like the week before Christmas. We did. Uh, we went. Uh, we went home for the holidays. We yeah. both went to SoCal. SoCal. Visited the fam. Uh, then we were here for. We were here for New Year's, but we were in a different area of the city celebrating that. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot what. Oh, did I? And I then went out Stormageddon of, happened. Stormageddon. Um, and then I had a. I went out of town on a business trip. That yeah. was that was a shit show, and then I was sick coming back from that. I was like, "Well, maybe we'll make it to the mission," and yeah. we didn't make it. And then, what did we do last week? We went to you went to the women's march. I went to the women's march last <clears> week. <throat> um, God, it's hard to keep track. That was just last week. That was just last week. Yeah, we went to the Edwardian Bazaar like we do every year, and yes. um, it's kind of like a a thing for us that we get to enjoy once a year. Um, and then after that, we went to Tommy's Joint, which we recommend because it was so good, even though you never know. It, it scares me when restaurants don't have windows. Like, what are they hiding in there? Yeah. Let's go in. Let's go in. And that's all like, if something goes down, like, we're going to die. Um, but Tommy's Joint uh, is kind of like a, like a staple of San Francisco. I think it's been there for a while. Mm-hmm. And I always, my bus goes through there every time, like, that's its route you know it passes Tommy's joint and I've never been in oh no I've been in once but I was sick and I kind of stayed like towards you know like you have they have the tables in the front mm-hmm. I was kind of there and but this time I was really surprised because I, I actually ordered their specialty like deli stuff mm-hmm. and it was what did you think it was very good I liked it because it was very like simple no frills but you get your money's worth like there was a lot of food yeah um, and the people were way nicer here that they are in other deli places, states, cities we've been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, cats deli. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was delicious. And um, and after that, you, I went home because it was it looked like it was gonna rain. But yes, you, it started pouring. Um, we went to the rally at three three yeah. o'clock at Civic Center, and it was fine. But once the march started around five, it started pouring, and it literally dropped like ten to. 15 degrees it was so cold but everybody sticked it out till they got to um, Justin Herman Plaza and we tried to go to Phil's and just know that Phil's doesn't support women because they cut it off they cut they cut off the line they were at capacity at I think it was seven o'clock by then but uh, Pete supports women's causes so (laughs) they represented they hooked it up and let me tell you it was the best vanilla latte I still like their mint mojitos at Phil's. We'll still try. We'll still give you another chance. Maybe, maybe. We kind of, yeah. You, you have to convince us. They that better you're be open. More supportive <laughs> of women's rights and um, yeah, reproductive rights. That's the thing now. That's the thing we're still fighting for. And I know that we said we were trying not to talk about Trump <laughs> so much uh, because it's everywhere, and you know, it's important to talk about issues. But at the same time, we're just kind of like. I mean, sometimes I feel like we're just feeding him more power by talking about him more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the best thing that you can do is you can take to the streets if you feel the need to, but also contact your local uh, congressman or House of House Jerry Brown's pissed. He is. I want. I missed the speech by like a I day. I know. I need to. I need to. I need to watch it. Do you think so. it's online? Available? It's online? A, yeah, I've seen it online already. And it was so funny because I'm a big fan of the Dead Kennedys, and Jello Biafra was writing all this stuff about him back in the '80s, and I wonder if he regrets it now. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, wait, maybe he's not that bad. Because, yeah. I mean, uh, Trump makes him, him look like a saint, you yeah. know, because like, at least he's standing up for all the things that Californians, most Californians, maybe not all of them, yeah. uh, things that are important to us, um, you know, yeah. right to, uh, you know, fair trial or, you know, immigration rights and um, uh, uh, right to a legal abortion, all the stuff that we've taken for all granted so hard to get to like a point and then just to have it like never mind just have it taken away like it's nothing like but it's maybe it's a good test to see um you know where the country's going to be and you know four years from now but yeah. it's it's really up to us to decide i think it's kind of we've kind of been in the in the the lurch the past eight years just kind of oh like things are going as planned and um you know with obamacare and um all the other things that obama helped to um you know put on the the forefront but obviously obamacare was was the biggest one and with uh hillary and, and bernie my thought was they were going to take it a couple steps further but um people i guess were not happy with what was going on um certain parts of the country and um i wonder i kind of wonder what they're thinking now what do you think the people that voted for him for trump yeah, some of the people that they show on the news are happy about pro-life, or that's you know that's an issue to them. Um, I, I don't know because I thought um, these people. I mean, obviously they're they're Republican and they want all these things that Trump is doing. But I honestly thought, like me, in my naive way of thinking, that he was going to be all talk. And I honestly thought that most Republicans thought that. He's like, well, he's saying all the things I want to hear, but that doesn't mean he's going to do it. But he, you know, but I'm still going to vote for him because he's Republican. And there's some sort of like party loyalty that they have where they just like, oh, well, he's Republican. I have to vote for him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know because he's actually doing the stuff he said he was going to do. And that's, that's something that I didn't think was going to happen. And so much. Or I hope that wasn't going to happen. He's done so much in what seven or eight week. days. <laughs> anyway, we have music news. Uh, <laughs> believe do. it or not, there's other stuff going on in the world, and um, we try to stick to our entertainment stuff uh, because it seems to be less depressing. And we are a music show, so try to keep it um, livelier in some ways. And. Um, Last year was not livelier at all. Actually, we lost a lot of uh, good artists, great artists, legends, and um, we're hoping that this year is not as bad as last year. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, so far, John John Hurt passed away. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't too familiar with his work, but I know he's he's a world-renowned uh, actor, Br yeah. British actor. But he's he's been around for a long time. I yeah. saw him in like an in he was in an Indiana Jones movie, like the last one. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember that. But he's been in, like, Alien. And yeah, his name. His, he's a really big name in Hollywood, so. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Um, but we have also Donnie Darko uh, director Richard Kelly wants to make a much bigger and more ambitious sequel Jake Gyllenhaal starting cult classic recently celebrated its 15th anniversary Ooh, for old um, Jake Gyllenhaal's first starring role came in October Sky but the Oscar nominated actor truly offered a glimpse into his future as one of the most unique and versatile movie stars with his second film Donnie Darko the Richard Kelly director production wasn't fully appreciated during its initial release in 2001, but has become a cult classic thanks to critical praise and word of mouth by Gyllenhaal's iconic performance as a teenage insomniac plagued by visions of a six-foot-tall rabbit. <laughs> uh, with Donnie Darko celebrating its 15th anniversary, Kelly has been asked about a sequel that director is more than willing to play along. In a new interview with HMV, Kelly has asked if he was tempted to go back to the world of Donnie Darko and do more. The short answer is he's definitely interested, but the long answer is he needs to write so resources, aka a proper budget, to be put into place to do the story justice without any compromises. Quoting, I think there's something much big, uh, bigger and more ambitious to do in that universe, Kelly says. It's a big and expensive, um, and I think there's a time to get to do that. Um, I want to make sure we've got the budget to do your justice and not to compromise anything. Another story in the world needs resources and we need to have that in place. I need to get my next film out and the gate and then we can go back and look at it. Whether Jake Gyllenhaal has any free time to sign up for the sequel is a different story, but it won't take much for him to get into the right headspace. Recent movies like Nightcrawler and Demolition show he hasn't lost a penchant of playing weird uh, protagonists. You can watch the original trailer for Donnie Darko below, and this is out of pitchfork.com. Do you remember watching it like when it came out? Um, I, I watched it maybe a year after it came out. I was uh, yeah. I think I don't think I watched it right when it came out either. Because I took a psychology class, I think my junior year, and I loved that class because my professor was also kind of into the '80s, or he knew that I was into that, and mm. he chose all these interesting films that had to do with psycho um, psychological, you know, profile or mm -hmm. whatever. And a lot of them were from that era, but I think one of them was. Uh, Donnie Darko was one of the ones that we watched. Um, but yeah, I don't remember watching it ex exactly when it came out, but maybe a year after. And then I remember it also had like an 80s soundtrack as well. Yeah, it, soundtrack was really great. Um, had a lot of... Uh, Tears for Fears. <laughs> Tears for Fears, they did um, that one Mad scene. World, right? Yeah, and I think Drew Barrymore played the one of his like, uh, the teacher professors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. I would definitely watch it again. Um, let's see what else do I have. I have from theenemy.com. Uh, Wiley is a grime legend from the UK, and he has a new album. I don't know. That was nice. She's a lot of nice friends. Um, just one of the laugh-out-loud lyrics on Grime, Kingpin Wiley's booming, swaggering, long-awaited new album. I'm not a, I'm not a logger lout, but I'm still throwing bars about. 
The whole album is stuffed with similarly brilliant gags and one-liners, including a joke about George Best, leading you to wonder just how long the East London rapper has been working on Godfather. His 11th studio album was released, originally intended for release in September, but was subject to several delays. At one point, Wiley threatened to call off the release entirely, tweeting that it was pointless. Over the years, he's carved out a reputation as one of the most unpredictable figures in grime, missing live dates and canceling interviews, leaving dejected journalists clutching dictaphones. <laughs> when he turns up, though, Wiley really turns up, a fact that Godfather attests to in dazzling fashion. With creatures from current genre, Don's Devlin, JME, Frisco, Flowdown, and of course Skepta, feels like a celebration of all that Grime achieved in 2016. Opening track Birds and Bars sets the tone with a shout out to the all-conquering London crew, BBK, before snaking since weaved their way through brittle beats and his deliriously confrontational flow. I can do it. He rallies. I don't need to try. It's a statement of intent. Wiley has come to reclaim the genre that he helped to create, a case he makes most compellingly on the Devlin featuring Holy Grime, a demented march through chanted vocals and battering rhymes, such as, for years I've been killing it, trust me, swear down, I will never get rusty. The frantic pace lets up only on You Were Always Part 2, a slinky, heavy-hearted slow jam with guest spots from Skepta and Toronto MC Belly. <laughs> Wiley's 2008 pop crossover hit Wearing My Rolex <laughs> recently went gold. He's claimed he conceded to the mainstream in a bid to provide for his daughter that in different circumstances he'd have waited for Grimes' popularity to come back around and pay off. Well, he's managed to have his cake and eat it, and that's why they call him the Godfather. And that's on the latest issue of The Enemy. And sadder news, uh, Almond Brothers drummer Butch Trucks has committed suicide. Um, he committed suicide in front of his wife. A uh, 69-year-old drummer allegedly shot himself in the head while uh, he stood, uh, his wife st stood nearby. The tragic death of Butch Trucks, founding member of the drummer uh, and drummer of the Almond Brothers band, has been ruled as a suicide according to police records. As the Miami Herald reports, the 69-year-old drummer shot himself in the head with a pistol in front of his wife of 25 years, Melinda Trucks. The suicide took place inside the couple's downtown West Palm Beach condo. A transcript of Melinda's truck's call to the police makes clear that she that um, that she was hysterical and unable to speak to the dispatcher in full sentences. She did confirm that her husband shot uh, has shot himself in the head and that he had done so with a pistol. She also confirmed that he was still breathing at the time of the call, though he died shortly thereafter. Update, according to Palm Beach County court records, Truck has a financial hardship owning as much as 540000 to the IRS. Wow. Hey, money is not a good reason, sir. And that was out of consequence of sound. Huh. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have a film review from enemy.com or the latest issue of The Enemy for uh, Jackie, which uh, Natalie Portman just got uh, nominated for Best Actress. Congratulations. Uh, life After Death. Um, in 1963, Jackie Kennedy's husband was assassinated. This is her aftermath. 
Um, let's see. Can I get five stars? It's a bi- bio- biographical drama. It would be easy to make a politely endine film about Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, America's most glamorous first lady. The wife of President John F. Kennedy was by her husband's side when he was assassin- assassinated on November 22, 1963, and retained the public's affection until her own death from cancer over 30 years later. Yet his biographical drama from Chilean director Pablo Lorraine takes a braver revisionist approach. Although Jackie is far from unsympathetic, it presents Kennedy as flawed, forceful, and far less self-assured than her poised public image suggested during her lifetime. Lorraine's film focuses on the week after JFK's death and begins with a grieving Jackie Kennedy meeting Life magazine journalist Theodore H. White for an exclusive interview. Brittle but imperious Portman's Kennedy calls the shots from the start. After she breaks down recounting the full bloody horror of watching her husband's skull being punctured by a bullet, she quickly regains composure and tells White, don't think for a second I'm going to tell you, let you publish that. <laughs> she did that a lot. These tense exchanges give way to revealing but non-chronological insights into Jackie Kennedy's defining week. We see her breaking the tragic news to her children, defying security advisors to plan a lavish funeral for her husband, confessing some uncomfortable home truths to a priest who was played by John Hurt in the film, and even peeling off her bloodstained clothes alone in her White House bedroom many hours after the assassination. This scattershot approach works because it captures the gathering story of conflicting emotions Kennedy is feeling after her husband's death. Portman appears in every scene and the film's thrilling intimacy is intensified by Lorraine's uncompromising close-ups and a brilliantly brutal score by Mika Chu and the Shapes, Mika Levy. Greta Gerwig and Richard E. Grant provide appealing support as Kennedy's closest White House confidants, but it's Portman's tour de force performance that gives the film its real lifeblood. Jackie isn't just a convincing and riveting depiction of a 20th century icon, it's also a heart-rending portrait of a grieving woman trying to regain control when the life she knows is suddenly and cruelly taken away. Yeah, I have to say when I when I saw the film on uh, Christmas, the same that was around the same time I f- uh, found out George Michael had passed away. <laughs> so that was kind of clouding my my judgment as I went to watch this already kind yeah, of. I know you had recently seen it. Yeah, um, it's already kind of depressing film, but it is really well. You know, the the story is told told really well. But I asked my mom because she, you know, remembers when it originally happened, and she was like, she did a really good job with the voice. Yeah, she. Could could have done a little bit better with the voice because there's just this when you look at somebody and you see the way that they hold themselves and yeah. then when Jackie Kennedy would open her voice you were just like whoa where did that come from yeah. <laughs> you were like dumbfounded by it but other than that I I enjoyed um, just the historical aspect of of the film besides I heard she did give it kind of like a weird accent yeah. Yeah, that was like the only thing I guess that could have been done differently, but apparently um people loved the film cuz yeah. she got nominated, but um yeah, I I mean, it's definitely a, a movie worth seeing. Um I still want to see 20th Century Women though. I want to see that too actually. <laughs> Maybe that will be our uh, um first film that we get to see at 
the Embracadero Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to be showing it there too. 2017, y'all. <laughs> it's a new thing. Yeah, it's a new beginning. New beginning, and we have. A guest coming in. His uh, name is DJ Lonely, but he won't be so lonely once he uh, meets us and joins us in a little bit. And yeah, we're just excited to be here and have a couple songs for you. In the meantime, stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
And we're back. <laughs> I missed uh, that sound of you. <laughs> it's the Spotify. Yeah. The Spotify sound. I mean, we're pretty advanced by doing it over the phone. We don't have to bring anything in. Remember how there's be a we few used DJs to, who like bring records? They would bring records. Like, cool, I used to bring, I mean, before. Was I here before iPhone? I think I started coming here before I had an iPhone. So I would just bring a bunch of CDs and... It was totally fine, but it's it's just easier to make a playlist and not have to. And then I even did YouTube once, but that was a shit show because you know how the the um, the internet would yeah the internet <laughs> the video would just be stuck for like to twenty this minutes. Day, like we don't know if we're gonna have internet today or not. Like the, ah! one week we'll have internet, and the next week we we'll have to use our data. Oh yeah, like, true. Yeah. I mean, so. there's um, donate money. Mutiny Radio needs your money for internet. <laughs> Send us your money, please. <laughs> we know there's a lot of other organizations out there that need your money right now, actually, but we need it too. <laughs> uh, Fifty to Plant Parenthood and fifty to Mutiny Radio. There FM. you go. You can make it happen. We know that payday's coming up, so spend your money wisely. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, anyways, DJ Lonely is here. Hi. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Is this your first time at the lovely Mutiny Radio Studios? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I didn't even know about it until now, and I've lived in San Francisco for like ten years. So, it, oh I, really? I feel moted. Um, I think he's originally it was started back in San Jose in like 2006, but then we've been in this location, I want to say since 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. right before we started. So we've been here a while. It's almost like we're an institution now. And I know there are other stations that are similar to us, like Radio Valencia and um, FCC, Free. FCC Free Radio, but I don't think they have the whole like gallery um, meeting space that we have, and they just had like a birthday party slash comedy show. There's always like something going on here. Yeah, come check it out. <laughs> Other than radio. Oh, and then we have the gallery space. We usually have a lot of different um, artwork. Um, I don't think we've had it recently. Well... No, this looks like the same one as, as last Yeah, time. but I think we're looking for... If, yeah. you're, if you're an artist or you know somebody who um, is doing art and wants to promote their art, we are a space uh, to expose your art. So check <laughs> us out. Put the word out. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Mutiny Radio can definitely hook you up. And also we have uh, rental spaces as well from 8 to 10 and then also during the week. So it just depends on you know, what you're, what you're interested in. But anyways, DJ Lonely, tell us a little bit about um, your current project. Uh, my current project is called Introspection, 10 Years of Making Beats. And it's sort of... Uh, a cumulative effort of everything I've done for the last 10 years and you know I'm kind of taking it back taking a moment to look back at everything I've done and how my style is sort of evolved before I take a big step forward so I'm kind of closing the book on all that and I want to do everything new so it was a good way it was just like you know what I'm gonna release all this stuff that I've been sitting on forever Really? So you've been spending a lot of time kind of contemplating and yeah. thinking what you're planning your next move. Yes. When yes. you're making the music that you're currently making, is it more of a solo effort or do you collaborate with other artists? Oh, it's it's always been collaborative. Um, 
when I do try and do it solo, it does just doesn't come out as well because I think a lot of what makes music good is the vibe you have when you're creating it. And if you're just in your room pressing buttons, it's it, there's no vibe. So. <laughs> That's like us. She used yeah. to do it on her own, and then I came along. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and somebody was asking us, you could just like do it on your own, right? You don't have to go You're to like, you don't understand. <laughs> Well, nobody wants to talk to themselves and, and press <laughs> buttons, you know, like it, it makes it as, fun having like the whole interaction part of it. And yeah. that really, like you were saying, that adds to the vibe and changes the mood of what you're creating, I think I want to yeah. say. Yeah. And where can people find out more about uh, what you're working on? Uh, I have a Bandcamp page and then I'm also on Spotify and you can just oh. uh, search DJ Lonely and follow me. Awesome. Yeah. Do you make any money from Bandcamp or Spotify? Bandcamp. I do. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. the cool. theme. Yeah. <laughs> Never Spotify. Not not yet. Uh, yeah. A couple of pennies here and there. Yeah. yeah. But it, it adds up, you know, after a while. It I'm does, sure. but I mean, one Bandcamp purchase is like $4, so. That's worth it. That's, yeah. And do you, f- how do you market it? Is it pretty much through Facebook or? Uh facebook submitting to different playlists uh different you know blogs um but i mean i've just been really lucky that i guess the type of music i do isn't being made that much anymore sort of like atmospheric trip hop Mm -hmm. and you know i think people that are searching for it they go on Bandcamp and they look for it and then they're like oh this is cool so oh that's awesome and it feels like Bandcamp kind of caters more to the artist and isn't just so much putting the music out there like itunes you can have it you know for free or you can charge um have you ever done itunes or have you yeah yeah and how do you and you feel like Bandcamp is the better platform or yeah um because a, a person that really likes music, not just like, you know, the latest pop music, but someone that really likes it is going to want more music than you can really get from mainstream media. And if you're jonesing, you know, Bandcamp's kind of the place to go exploring and find some something new. So, yeah. Do you feel like you've come across artists that you never would have heard of otherwise? Oh, yeah. it's It's been transformative for me is, yeah, I've discovered a whole scene on the internet and, you know, I've kind of was in a bubble making this music and not really finding other people that make that style and then now I find out hey, there's a community, but it's really spread out. It's all over the world. Yeah. And do yeah. you do you interact or do you talk to these other artists? I, I do. I just started a collective called the Super Secret Lo-Fi Beat Collective and uh, it's, it's based around a Facebook group, but we, we just did our first Bandcamp release. And it's, it's just really fun to get this community of people coming in, and we're all working together and really supportive. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Would you guys ever do, like, a, like a meetup <laughs> in person? I would. I mean, I think, you know, there's just everyone's so spread out. Yeah. 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 It's tough. Yeah. But it's good, um, you know, with social media platforms, Bandcamp and, and Facebook, there's so much interaction you would hear from somebody in Iceland or some yeah. Norway or somewhere that you would never think that yeah. they would, you know, even care about the kind of music or the genre or niche yeah. that you're into. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that actually like this kind of music. They're just not concentrated. But if you took the entire world then there's you know maybe a couple million and that's a good size audience so that's enough yeah. that's enough right <laughs> I, I i think you know when i was first doing this it was just 
I got to a point where I actually stopped making uh, music for people to listen to, and I just made scratch break records because those sold. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, and then I just I made a I was making music for listening, but in two thousand eight nine there wasn't really these platforms to self self release and distribute. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. it was it's kind of you just hit a brick wall. Interesting. Yeah. So you so you kind of went from making what other people want to hear to what what you genuinely creatively want to put out. Yeah, there. yeah. That's why I'm really enjoying things now. Is like. Woohoo. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to. I used to have to put everything out through um, a distributor in New York, and then they would be like, "Well, who's gonna buy this?" And then mm. that cuts down on your creativity. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And then probably your motivation too. You're like, "Do I really want to be doing this?" But I mean, if you're getting money, then it's that's motivation. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not like it's just like, cool. You made a little money. <laughs> it's not enough to live on, or it's just like, cool. You you didn't lose money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all you could ask for. Yeah, exactly. Is it is it now more of a career for you, or is it still more like a hobby? Um, I'm definitely going back into it hard now. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm reading this book by uh, Ari Herstand. I don't know if you've heard of it. It kind of talks about the new music industry, and I'm still sort of navigating it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to. I'll just say that I would like to, if it's possible. Yeah, it's, but everything's so different now. Yeah, it's a way of you know finding a way to get the word out, right? The marketing, yeah, yeah. The marketing thing. But but also like people don't make a living off selling music anymore. They they make it off their touring. Yeah, touring merchandise. And then, yeah, merchandise. Yeah, touring merchandise, and then you know Spotify and YouTube views, and people actually make a lot of money on YouTube views. Oh really? Yeah. Is it? Uh, how do they do that? How does that work? Just with like ads and stuff. Music ads. video. Yeah, music videos. Yeah, but they, you know, I've heard stories of people making like six-figure incomes off that. Oh really? Yeah. That's a good living. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. Start a YouTube channel. Yeah. That was that was always I've always told her if things didn't work out at Mutiny Radio, the next step would be a TV show. Yeah, you're looking at public <laughs> access, videos, but that's you know. gonna get cut. So. Yeah. You, you guys, I think you guys Do are, our own. You're pretty entertaining. If you just had cameras here, that's your that's show. That's true. Yeah. We yeah. Did, well, we used to. I don't know where they went. They were more for security reasons. Yeah, so. oh, the, it was over there. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was monitoring our every move at one point. Um, it wasn't for fun, but, you know. But it's doable. <laughs> At least that's how they were keeping track of us. Or keeping track of the station. Yeah. The last well, stuff we're going missing. But. All the, the ins and outs. But eventually, one of these days, and where do you where do you see yourself um, in the next couple of years? Do you have any shows planned or anything uh, performance wise? You know, I kind of I used to do a lot of that. Uh, I used to do a lot of like art shows, and I played at Milk and underground parties and stuff. Um, now, not so much. I'm really focused on production and Spotify and Bandcamp and you know all that stuff. Though, I mean. I'm kind of transitioning. I want to do more live-based things with people playing instruments. So if I can put oh, together yeah. like some sort of live band, then I would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We um, have you heard of uh, Trent Moller? No. He kind of did that. He would he would do a lot of kind of electronic 
and, and then mix in the whole instrumental live thing. And that was, he's going to be here, I think. I think he was already here. Oh, was he already yeah. here? Oh, okay. But he comes to San Francisco every now and then. I think you might be interested in him. Yeah. I interviewed him, too. Um, are you texting on my phone? No. Oh, okay. I was going to set like, up the music for I was us. like, how did you, who are you texting? <laughs> Oh, you're, but you're on Spotify, so we we found you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Spotify, everybody uses it now, so I'm sure that that you're good. At, this guy's good at marketing himself. <laughs> I give you props for that. What what song um, do you think would be your theme song? <laughs> um, the DJ Lonely theme song. <laughs> hey, not many people have a theme song. This guy's way ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> I use I had a couple of theme songs, but they're very out of date. I want to say all of our music's out of date. We need a we need a new one. Yeah, we can do we can do the theme. Yeah, the theme. Yeah, because yeah, we don't even know who Run the Jewels is. <laughs> I know who Run the Jewels is. I just wasn't impressed by Run the Jewels. Oh, okay, sorry. I think some people would dis- disagree with me. But. Hey, at least I've seen them live, so I can. That's tr- oh yeah. I've seen them. I saw them at, when PBR. I went to yeah, the Pabst Festival. I tried. I gave them a chance, but you know when some music just doesn't resonate with you. It doesn't resonate. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. All right, so let's listen to Lonely's theme. Just a little, just a little, just a little loving. Early in the morning I'm lonely Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. 
Hello. <laughs> that was DJ Lonely's theme. Yes, Lonely's theme. Tell us how you came up with your theme song. Um, I was working uh, with another DJ named Agent A, and she mm-hmm. brought over some samples to my house. I like her name already. Yeah, and we we just uh, we used to just spend a lot of time going through records and listening to samples, and then she was like, "Hey, I found something with your DJ name in it." And I was like, cool. And then we, I think I was playing with the, the beginning sample and we kind of lowered it and we're like, that's cool. And then that was one of the few beats I think we made in one, like I made in one sitting where mm-hmm. I was doing it. And then I just kind of came up with the beat and we were kind of nodding our heads. And mm-hmm. then we just, you know, just started putting it together. And then um, we got really lucky. Um, Rock Rada, who's a, scratch dj dj he passed away a couple oh, years ago that's a but he he did some of the scratches for us on that so it's kind of cool now as like a little memento of him that's awesome and yeah. how do you feel that you meet other like-minded people is it mostly through um the internet through online means or do you you know bump into people at at shows or performances yeah th- there's a a pretty healthy turntableist scene in san francisco in the bay um, so I've been in part of that for like a good 10 years and I meet people through that, um, through DJ Qbert, uh, DJ Quest and that. And then I, I think, you know, it's kind of sad, like in 2007, you know, you could just meet people at art shows or galleries mm-hmm. and hook up. And then I feel like now so isolated <laughs> that I'm like, I have to use the internet to find people to work with. There's way less <laughs> artists in the city now I think. oh and just yeah yeah definitely yeah and it feels that way just um the music scene here in general it's not as when we started doing the show like it was just overwhelming like troves and troves of people and i didn't have to reach out to anyone and now i'm like putting ads on craigslist like hey guys what hey, there's up? a space for your music are you out there <laughs> <laughs> do you have a project to promote and then it's another thing to, to actually physically get people here whereas before it's like we didn't really have to do any of that legwork but now it's as you know it's a different different story but yeah we're still here we're still kicking i i don't think it's you guys i think it's just there's just not that many artists um who could afford to be here? yeah who can afford to be exactly I, i've just <laughs> been here a long away. time yeah <laughs> they're in the east bay Ugh. yeah i'll I know, i do know a lot of i i know uh actually some of the ghost ship crew um, but they're oh, yeah. yeah, but they're they're all in the East Bay. Yeah, and then that would mean I'd have to go on Bart to see. Them. <laughs> For sunset, that's that's a long way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was there was something else called Ghost Ghost Town. There was another venue which I originally thought that it was, but it was um, another um, somebody's house that they turned into a performance venue, and I think it's called Ghost Town. And originally I thought that's what it was, but it was the ghost ship yeah. is in Fruitvale, right? Whereas the other one that I was, it was funny. I was supposed to go to a show there, but I actually missed it because the band that I was supposed to meet up with told me the wrong time. So by the time I got there, they're like, "Oh yeah, like we already performed. Sorry." Oh, <laughs> bummer. So luckily, I didn't like get into the venue, but yeah. it was a similar thing to to ghost ship. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, I wonder if it's the same. 
Um, but I did cross paths with somebody who did unfortunately pass away. His name was Ben uh, Ben Reynolds. I think he had blue spiky hair and I remember seeing his picture and then I looked at some of my old photographs when we did a uh, we used to do block parties that were just for mutiny radio and now we we teamed up with noise pop and they do it every year Um, but yeah he was um, somebody put him in contact with me and he was just the nicest guy like I couldn't I remembered right away I was like oh yeah that guy that guy was really cool and it was just that made me sad thinking i tried to think oh i don't know anybody that was like involved in that and of course sure enough i did yeah kind of hurt my heart (laughs) yeah we lost a lot of really creative people it's really sad yeah but it's yeah yeah. go ahead no i was just gonna say it just uh it was kind of amazing how like if you're actually been here a while you probably did know someone that was there that's what scared me i was like i don't know anyone and and apparently that was he um but it made me happy at the same time because i could see you know that he's done he did so much after we had you know crossed paths like he really made something of himself and made a name for himself um uh doing this other project called intraflirt so at least that part of it gave me peace of mind thinking oh it wasn't just like a one-time thing or a lot of people that we cross paths with we'll never see him again or we see him like 20 other times which is great yeah um there's one uh close friend of ours who was literally like i interviewed him like the first month or two that i was here zach bateman and um he's really he's done like all kinds of projects over the past couple of years but you know we still like cross paths and keep in contact so that part of it to me makes it worth you know what we've what we do here you yeah. know being able to support that yeah. yeah um and i hope that that even though things change i hope that we never lose that yeah yeah and we definitely need to you know people are talking about women's rights and maybe we need to march for um for artist rights <laughs> you know yeah. we need to keep those voices heard we're not gonna let them you know shut it down you yeah know? yeah no, i agree this city would be really sterile without that yeah yeah it's becoming more corporate it, it is yeah <laughs> So um so what's next for you um in terms of your your upcoming projects? Um I still have a little bit of unreleased material. I was going through more hard drives and I was like, "Oh, that was pretty good. I never put that out." So I might put out like a tiny EP just called like The Leftovers or something. <laughs> the um, Leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> just a just a you know, and then I just want to close the book on all that that whole period. Um, and then I'm doing a scratch 45 with DJ quest. I swore I wasn't going to do any more break records, but he pulled me back in and <laughs> I don't know if you guys, have you guys heard of the portable list scene or, it's, um, yeah, I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. So people carry around very small record mm-hmm. players and scratch with them. Oh, okay. yeah. So that's kind of the new thing. So we want to, we want to create a record for that and making it mobile. Not have to carry these things around. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine it like. Uh, being on BART or if you're lucky and you have a car but if you're in public transportation just I don't know how people did it back yeah. in the day but they did it yeah it was awful yeah I used <laughs> well, to well now you have some that are like they look like suitcases right e- yeah yeah but you, portable I had a little uh, like uh, trolley 
Uh, yeah. That makes it easier, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So but still lugging that shit around. I give you guys props for that. Yeah. And yeah. Ke- and keeping it all intact and keeping it in yeah. like mint condition. And keeping it from getting stolen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so many. This seems like there's a lot of um, hurdles, like physical hurdles with with that. Yeah. But maybe it adds to more of the enjoyment. Yeah, it adds to the mystique, definitely. The yeah. Mystique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm also doing a. So we have that collective, the super secret lo fi beat collective. We just put out uh, a release called Vagabond, which is just a release from the collective. Uh, mm-hmm. Like six or seven people put in tracks. And that's really cool. We're pushing that out. Um, we may, I want to do more releases with them. And then I'm working on a like a full length album um, with a musician friend of mine that I want it to be more like all live no samples awesome know. and what yeah. what is you what would be like the genre of music for that or if you had any kind of label you know i'm, I'm such a like portishead mazzy star like uh yeah like that type of music so i want to keep that going i feel like no one is making that now no so. that was more like 2000s right yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah early 2000s yeah so that and then i you know i like putting scratching into stuff i, I really want to create some kind of like scratch jazz fusion that's always hmm. been my dream yeah love the jazz <laughs> yeah yeah so and who who are some of your who would you say are some of your idols or people that inspired you to write music um I mean, like John Coltrane, Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, mm-hmm. um, Jameer Kwai. Uh, He's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cut Chemist. Uh, you know, a lot of 90s stuff. Yeah. I, I dig that sound. Yeah. The 90s are coming back, The y'all. 90s are coming back. Yeah. Get <laughs> your chokers and your plaid out. Just, just go to Urban Outfitters and yeah. you're, you're set. You're wearing kind of a lumberjack shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. Got my docks out. Yeah. Got this out. Yeah. <laughs> I have been listening to a lot of Seattle bands or bands from Seattle. <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are they playing now? In Seattle? Yeah. Oh, I mean like... like Pearl Jam and oh, okay, Nirvana. Cool. Nothing yeah. like recent. Okay. I probably should. I interviewed um, the guy. Oh, God, his name escapes me. He recorded um, Nirvana's first album. Jack. Oh, okay. I don't know. I forgot yeah. his last name. But anyways, I don't know how I got that. But he was in here and I was asking him like straight up questions like, what was it like? And he wasn't answering. Why not? <laughs> Because he's, he's heard it, like, so many oh. times. But the funny thing is, he still records... He still does the same thing. He records up-and-coming bands in Seattle. So he cool. would probably be the right the right guy to yeah. tap into. God, I yeah. forgot his last name. Not uh, Butch Vig, but... Uh, Jack something. He recorded Bleach? Yeah. Oh, he did the first cool. album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to Seattle a couple couple years ago, and I was I didn't get a chance to go to like a, a local show when I was there. But I would definitely there were some there were a bunch of venues. Yeah. Um, that I would definitely check out. Yeah, I I um, I lived there in two thirteen for a little while, and I, I did go to some venues, and I was like, 
Oh, it's not like how it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't imagine. Said about here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine they have some big names to yeah. live up to. Where, where do you think the... I just have a question for you. Yeah. Where, do, where do you think like the band Nexus is now, you think, or musical um, hotbed? I think a lot of people are kind of doing what you're doing. They're doing it all on their own. They're doing it. It's unless they have some kind of connection in terms of like a recording studio. They're they're doing. They're learning everything from the ground up, and then they're trying to use either they're using social media as their platform, or if they're not successful with that, they're just constantly touring and and trying to get the word out. But I think what we were talking about earlier is kind of the main theme. How how can they make music and be successful at it compared to back in the day if you got a record deal you were pretty much set yeah honestly a lot of people have also a lot of bands that we know have made their move to LA yeah or they try and get featured in a showcase which would somehow get them in tune with a major label or get them somehow connected in that way yeah but um, a lot of them do it, do it on their own. Yeah. And some of them are, are successful. Some I think there's a small community of them making it in Oakland. Yes. You know, like Two Yards was, Oakland. you know, such a big hit. And they're, they're right out of Oakland. And um, I'm, it's, it escapes me. There's a few hip-hop artists that are coming out of Oakland, too. They made it pretty big. So mm-hmm. Yeah. O- Oakland's coming up. Uh, like, my dream is to go maybe open a studio up in Oakland or something. There's so much stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you could. And the Mission has a few. We always hear about a few uh, recording studios here in the Mission that are um, pretty much helping local artists just get their stuff out there. Yeah. Some Um, downtown. There's one near me, I think, on Hyde Street. I forgot the name. Excuse me. But they're out there. I guess it's just kind of like it's in demand right now, but it's not. You know, there's not as many as we would like it to be, but yeah. they're out there. It's gotta D- don't you hate it, though? Like, somebody from the Bay, every time they get successful, they just move to L.A. Yeah. I know, right? That's something that we've seen with bands that we used to interview who are like, we really want to make this our thing, so we're just going to go to L.A. Uh, <laughs> yes. Start it's a YouTube loud. channel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Keep it local, man. Yeah. That's what we're We're losing all our doing. talent. Yeah. 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 Gotta, keep, gotta keep it here. Or go to Europe. Just screw the states. Yeah, I'm ready to go to Europe right <laughs> just now. Just get out while we can. Yeah, that's my totally. that's my thought. Yeah. Fight or flight. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Did you want to play another um, another track? Yeah. Um, I won't keep you too much longer. No, no problem. I'm really. This is really fun. Yeah. Yay. Yay! I knew he was the one. I knew he was the one. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna play. That was like a really early track, so. I'm gonna play a leader track. Um, sorry. Nope, um, fine. The more tracks, okay. the merrier. All right, should I just hit it? Yep. Okay, here we go. Thank <laughs> you. 
got pizza. We didn't get to see Green Day, but we got pizza. Uh, we, had of, a, we had a huge mm. fucking pizza. That's, are you a big fan of Green Day? I am a big fan of Green Day. What? I saw them She's the last tour. Their tickets sold out. I tried to get the tickets. They sold out in 15 minutes when they played at UC Theater. But then I they released tickets like two hours before the show, and bam, I bought them. I was oh, like, awesome. Either I'm going now, or I'm going to have to wait to see them again. And I'm glad that I did, because UC Theater, I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's such like a... It's an old movie theater they turned into a venue, and they were like... He it's was in like Berkeley. Is right it on the there. campus? It's like a block from the campus. I might have seen a ballet there. Yeah. Oh, ballet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's a cool venue. It's kind of up and coming now. They have a lot of big names that are performing, but um, but it was pretty cool to see him so close, because I'd always seen him at, like, Warp Tour. You see theater. We want social distortion tickets. I know. Uh, they're not... I they're, mean, they won't give us tickets to, like, uh, a The kid. shows that we want yeah. to go to. <laughs> but um, they're having a good show coming up in April. Are you a fan of the zombies? From the 60s. I'm talking yeah, like yeah. British Invasion yeah. and Zombies. Yeah. They're doing like a 50-year anniversary of um, Odyssey. And I am I just love their music, so I'm going. They were at Stern Grove <laughs> a few years ago, you know. They were at, they were at Stern Grove. And they I think they were at the Fillmore. Yeah. And they were like at Yoshi's. But I missed them those three times. So now I'm not going to miss them, I hope. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know how that happens when you're like, shit been like five times <laughs> well at least i saw radiohead but i'm gonna see them in april i guess <laughs> that was such a shit show um it's so i don't know what bad. happens with Ticketmaster, but um we were on the on Ticketmaster uh the moment it went on sale like, like even we were, before we were an hour in we were already on the website with our cards ready or i think you can sign in and your cards are ready on this in the system yeah and then as soon as they, it went on sale, like at 10 a.m., they were sold out. So somebody called Ticketmaster that from our work, and he asked, like, why are there no tickets left over when we were on the website, like, before it even went on sale? And apparently there's this thing now where you can call Ticketmaster before tickets go on sale and reserve a ticket. What? Have you heard of this? No, but that explains a lot. Yeah. So... I was pissed to say the least. Yeah, because we were really banking on one of us at least. I didn't even know you could do that. I mean, I'd probably be one of those assholes who would do that for Radiohead, right? But (laughs) you're such an asshole. But I didn't know. Like, it's not like they advertise it, and I know why because people who do know like are going to get tickets no matter what, you know. And it was. I tried to get tickets to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was the same thing. Like the tick, we couldn't get in, and if we did get in, it was like the really expensive tickets, which we probably should have. StubHub, fuck them. Yeah, but even the, even the tickets for Red Hot Chili Peppers aren't as expensive as as Radiohead. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> it's funny though, because in other cities it's like seventy dollars yeah. at the most. And here I it's like one hundred seventy-five dollars. A picture where it's like seventy-five dollars in New Orleans. It's like, should we plan a trip there? Because at least it's cheaper to go there. Two hundred dollar ticket to it's probably yeah. <laughs> How much are the tickets? Um, two seventy-five. Wow. And on the website they were what ninety-five? Yeah. Wow. Which is still expensive, but it's like well. You can justify it because you only go to see them once every couple of years. Yeah. Are these scalpers raising the price? StubHub? 
Yeah, like bastards. Yeah, like they're trying to make it where uh, st- uh, scalpers can't get tickets, but StubHub's like a whole like company who has employees like ready to buy tickets from Ticketmaster and we sell them for a profit. So yeah, they're scalpers, but they're just like more official scalpers. Oh, I didn't I didn't know StubHub was in on it. Yeah, like as soon as they went to sell, they had tickets for double the amount that Ticketmaster was asking for. So it's uh, kind of like okay. so they called, rigged the system, and said, "Save us these tickets." Yeah, we're we're gonna make a killing. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, my dude. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Well, Drinks are shattered. Well, I'm just, I'm glad at least I saw them at Outside Lens. I've seen both of them, actually, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Radiohead, but I coughed up the money to go to Outside Lens, but at least I had the, you know, I had options. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't just to see one band, but I would totally understand if you were like, I'm dropping 300 because I really love this band and I really need to see them. That makes sense. But it's just the whole process is totally fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think yeah. they need to work on that. I went with uh, my fiance, and we she really likes Oasis. And mm. we, she tries Me to too. get uh, tickets for Oasis. And she's like, it's very mysterious. The good seats are always sold out before it even goes. So uh-huh. we never knew. And now you guys just you kind of explained it to us. So yeah. it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think they'll get back together? I hope so. Did you see the documentary? <laughs> No, I wanted to. Oh. It was playing over, over here at the Alamo. I think I could buy it online. Yeah. Did it? Um, was it worth it? Yeah, it was great. Okay. Yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah, if you're a fan, you'll really like it. Okay, I'm gonna it's watch a huge it fan. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you I'm like doing. Liam or Noel? Um, There's just two kinds of question. people in the world. I don't know. I kind of I, I find Liam more entertaining. Yeah. But they're both assholes. They're both jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love them. Yeah. yeah. I saw them when they toured in 2005. Was that the last tour that they did? No, they did another one after that. I think 2008, maybe? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah. 2005. That's the one I saw at yeah. the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, that's awesome. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, was Liam able to sing pretty well? Yes. Still? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why was he not singing he really well? His voice has been declining. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, yeah. he does a lot of shit, so. Yeah. I was going to see BDI, but I didn't end up seeing them. <laughs> really? They were at the Warfield. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to see Noel, too. Fly, um, High Flying Birds. Yeah. I didn't make it to that. I went to that show. It was actually... Oh, you did? Yeah, it was pretty fun. He's pretty good. He, he is. Did you see that... That snap that I did, um, we had a talent show at, uh, we had a huge conference in Vegas and people did cover songs. There was a, uh, our APJ uh, team did um, Don't Look Back in Anger and the guy was singing it like perfectly and I was just like, good God, he needs to win. And then I was looking at my coworker who was like the only other person who knew what Oasis who Oasis was because yeah. she's from the England so yeah. we were just like oh my god it's so good <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was pretty yeah I is was it, impressed did he win? he didn't no because everyone was doing like ACDC and uh, Final Countdown and you know all the typical like rock songs yeah yeah. Um, and then my team our team did um, Staying Alive oh cool which was okay but I was like, we should have did David Bowie. Which David Bowie song? Um, I was thinking Let's Dance. That's very good, yeah. But um, there's so many, right? 
Yeah. I was, too many good ones. I was just like, who cares about John Travolta? <laughs> but I get it. It's like a danceable. <laughs> the like, Bee Gees, hello. Everybody, yeah. everybody knows it, but David Bowie's superior to all of that. So. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> In my I think David Bowie's one of those artists, like, no matter what your genre you're into, you, you still can listen to Bowie. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he did it all. He, he covered it all. And, you know decades worth of music but no you're right the bgs are awesome too it's hard to weigh all the options did you want to play another yeah could i could i play a track off of uh the vagabond album is that it's on bandcamp it's on bandcamp yeah Yeah, i have i have the bandcamp app on here okay for situations such as these (laughs) Okay, awesome. Let me see if I can find it. Because we had that that one guest on Erecto, and I just... Actually, I need to to find it because it's like... (gasps) What did she play? What's the instrument called? Um, It's not a glockenspiel. Um, It was like um, Indian trance uh, music or Hindi music. I don't know what it's called. But how she had the thing, that bag. It's kind of like yeah. a bagpipe, but it was really like... God, it was so soothing. That's what I should listen to when I have the heating pad on my neck. Oh, Something relaxing. So good. Okay, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. So ready. Okay, I'm going to play uh, Sexophone by Low Leaf. Okay, here we go. Thank you. 
that goes. <laughs> There's a ghost at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Thanks for letting me play those songs. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for coming on, DJ Lonely. Yes. Are you still lonely? Uh, you have a fiance. No, I have a fiance. <laughs> but <laughs> she's listening, and yeah. she better not hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's kind of my. I you know I do like to work really late at night and kind of like. Oh. You know, kind of like in the shadows, or and that's yeah. how you are. That's when you're the most productive, and exactly. that's when you get stuff done. Exactly. Yeah, that golden hour between midnight and four. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I find myself wide awake sometimes at those hours. Not often, not as much as I used to be, but sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm just awake right now, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to get some more projects out there. And do you have anything, um, do you have any appearances planned? Uh, okay, no, I'm so, I'm you're so lazy of, now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could, um, do more scratching live and I do, I do stuff with quest. So quest. occasionally DJ quest, he puts on, he does stuff for, uh, What's the thing they do in May? Um, takes over the mission. It's like um, Sunday streets. No, it's they do the big. Uh, uh, what well, anyway, well, I'm sorry. It's one it's of the okay. things that takes yeah. over Mardi this Gras? Mardi Gras. Mardi yeah, Gras. yeah. Oh, okay. it's, uh, oh, um, oh, I know which one it is. It's the Brazilian. Yeah, it's the Brazilian. Exactly. It's, uh, Carnival. Yeah, car Carnival. That, thank you. It's Carnival. So <laughs> it's gonna bug me. I was he, like, I should know this. Yeah, and then occasionally uh, with the Horizons crew, we perform at Amoeba on Hate. So that's oh, fun. that's fun. Oh, yeah. Well, let us know if you're gonna be at Amoeba. For sure. And we'll make it. For sure. Yeah, we cool. need more reasons to go there. The last time I saw an in-store at Amoeba was Scott Weiland. Wow. He was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... Oh, wait. That's not true. No. Third Eye uh, Blind. Third Eye Blind. That's the last one I oh, went yeah. to. Yeah. But that was a while ago. But that it was, was only the singer, right? It was only... Uh, for Stephen actors. Jenkins. Yeah. Did you see the Violent Femmes when they were there? No. Oh. Did you? Yeah. Was it I fucking amazing? So it was pretty cool. Why didn't we go? Because I was working. <laughs> And you why were working. Did, why didn't I we go? have jobs? Um, oh, and then that's also right. we didn't get we didn't get to the tickets sold out for the yeah, Fillmore the shows. Fillmore. And they always sell out, so now we know if yeah. they go on sale. Yeah, girl, we gotta be on it. Yeah. Sorry, my lipstick was so on there, <laughs> and then some other stuff. Came yeah, off. it looks pretty gross too. <laughs> they only sang like two or three songs max, so you didn't miss that. Oh much. really? Did yeah. they sing the good ones? I think they did. One, one. They they sang two. I was just like, uh, and then they uh, sang "Blister." Yeah, yeah. Song. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. goody, goody oldie but goody. It would be worth um, seeing them at the Fillmore. Yeah. Next Definitely time. Definitely taking me to see them. Next time, I tried to get him for an interview, but I think they're just they're too good for for me we need to raise your guys's profile so <laughs> raise it up yeah. raise it up i mean we've had don't get me wrong we've had some good ones just recently yeah i can't think of any that were well the last big one we did was peter hook i know he didn't do an interview with you mm -mm. it's been a couple of years the from new order oh cool yeah yeah he's gonna be here next week New Order is touring again, right? Yeah, New yeah. Order is touring. I think since we're not going to see Radiohead, I might just buy a ticket to see New Order. Oh, yeah. But I've seen them. I've seen them a couple times. 
Yeah. I saw them when Peter Hook was still in New Order, too. That's but a touchy I, subject. I mean, I don't know. I always enjoy myself, so it's like a done deal. It's like, okay, I know what I'm paying for. I know I'm going to hear like all the songs I love. Yeah. And then they do the tribute to Ian Curtis, and then yeah. life is grand. <laughs> Which I might need by April if this shit continues. Oh, I know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have health insurance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, if I make it that long, if I make it till April, then it w- it'll be worth it. Yeah. But yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Do you, do you guys... Um, you guys podcast this right yes yeah. yeah we'll be, be on um our website mutinyradio.fm and it goes up pretty quickly it goes up within like an hour um if everything goes well yeah <laughs> if not we have our if not we have a backup our good old amadeus to back us up cool I'll definitely and promote the podcast yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. yeah i saw that you invited some people i couldn't yeah. do it because i created two other events facebook oh. is like fuck you you can't even promote your own yeah stuff yeah Ugh. so i was really mad and i was like here you go people freaking like take it and shove it up your ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just trying to get it out there I, like, I was trying i just feel like when i put when i make the effort there's always like more barriers instead of ways to to help me get the word out i yeah. don't know if you had that experience yeah there's always barriers for everything <laughs> yeah yeah but, but um, yeah I'll definitely try and get the podcast out there for you guys yeah, yeah thank, you. thank yeah. you yeah we're trying to do it more more regularly i mean this is our first show in what six weeks it's but it's a it's a new year and we're not looking back we're not looking back don't we're look back in anger yeah we don't look back in anger uh, <laughs> I just say <laughs> um february uh, we have a couple things going on do we we do please, february please 11th mm-hmm. um we have a band coming in and then february 28th i think the guy that was supposed to come tonight jy 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 j whatever you, however you pronounce your name <laughs> sorry we're butchering it i thought it was jay jay like chinese but j-y-e-i worldwide i'm sure his name is just jay he's just being funny with the spelling yeah i'm sure he'll be a hoot <laughs> We'll find out February 28th. Don't miss out. <laughs> February. Oh, wait. 25th. 25th. You yeah. said 28th. I know. I messed up. All right. Today's the 28th. Yeah. Today is Chinese New Year. So happy New Year to uh, San Francisco. Happy New Year to... Gong Choi. Yeah. I don't know how to... What does that mean? I heard it before. I think it just means like happy New Year. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just means Thank you. what it means. <laughs> I, I don't actually know. So yeah, yeah. We need a direct translator. I know that we saw the commercial. Was that? What did I see it with you? Who did I see the commercial? A with? rooster? No, it's like a commercial for Hong Kong Airlines. Where did I see it? Maybe. And it was like, oh, please, you know, use us to get to Hong Kong and like luxury, blah blah blah. And then she said that at the end of the commercial. And I was like, we oh. know you. I don't remember where I saw that. It's already a shitty year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's better than last year. We had a really last day of Bowie last year. That's true. That was pretty depressing. And Prince coming up. Oh, okay, let's get back to the music, shall we? We should. Mm-hmm. 
21st century Breathing down my neck I must move fast You understand me I want to go down in celluloid history and shankly Or holy Any day, any day, any day But sometimes I feel more fulfilled Making Christmas cards With a mentally ill I want to live And I want to love I want to catch something That I might be ashamed of Mr. Shankly, this position I've held It pays my way and it corrodes my soul Oh, I didn't realise that you wrote poetry I didn't realise you wrote such bloody awful poetry Mr. Shankly Frankly, Mr. Shankly, since you ask You are a bachelor pain in the house I do not mean to be so
about me.